was as if he kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Sport with Scott Brown and Nathan Snade. Kia ora and a good Northern and yep, Scott Brown, that's absolutely terrible. Well, that's how I'm feeling after the All Blacks are result in the weekend, that's for sure. Is that really and, and what it, we were talking about there, Nathan, <laughs> is it? <laughs> Had to get me on. Uh, you got me on a run there. You are with Scott Brown and Nathan Snade on Today Radio Studio 4, Kirschberg, the headquarters of Let's Talk Sport. It's the 30th of August. Mate, I've just driven in here and it was pouncing down. Is that a sign of things that come? Raining, cat, raining dogs and cats, huh? Yeah, that, Why do they say raining cats and dogs? I don't know. Might be have to phrase that we're going to have to check up on. Um, but that's what it was doing on the way uh, the way in for show number 125. Anything interesting about 125 for us, Scott? No, I couldn't tell you, mate. I'll give you one real simple one. It's the natural number following 124 and preceding 126. There we you go. You so all, smart. That's, that's all I've got for us today. Um, unfortunately, we don't have a guest in, but we welcome... No, we've uh, had plenty of people bailing on us the last couple of days, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we had well, they ba- bailed us out on me. So on me the significance Sunday. of number 125 is the angel number, meaning significant. Um, it's a sign of hope, encouragement and positivity So let's be positive and let's not be negative Because our guests have bailed on us Let's just get on with right. it one, two, one, two, five, I, You know, with all the shows that we've been doing I think of it in, um, in terms of cricket, don't I? You know that So one, two, five, if you're at the crease You're on a one, two, five You'd be pretty happy with yourself Yeah, you wouldn't be complaining if you, you got to 125, would you? Pass the big burden of 100 Even probably 115 Then you know you're, you're, gonna you're kick up on, on to another, bigger things. another wave, I guess Another wave another so There wave. you go, mate There another you go um, As always, you can get in uh, comms with us on the uh, on the show um, I am sitting in the chair tonight, not standing up, Nathan. A bit, a bit worse for wear. Heavy day, heavy day at camp, you know. Um, yeah. As always, six two one five two five thousand. Get in comms with us if you've got any. You want to sling some abuse our oh, way? Just then, any, uh, any, any questions about what happened at camp today? Nothing happened. It's an- no, another same day. old. Another day. I wouldn't say no. It's, it's, it's same old. It's, I, I, it's I not. It's not been in the hundreds of them down there. Yeah, hundreds. Yeah. It's like it's not a day in the trenches. Do you know what I mean? It's like the famous. Here we go. Five minutes in the first film quote coming up. Um, the um, the one of Home Alone two, when uh, he's basically trying to get the robbers to uh, the two burglars to chase him. And he basically's got the big rock with the note on it, and he's like, "There's no turning back now. Another Christmas in the trenches." Yep. Is it is it like the trenches uh, at camp when you got that many that many down there? I don't know. It wasn't I mean, in the trenches. Listen, listen, it was nothing uh, it can was compare rare. to what those fellas went through in the trenches. Go, go back queuing in the up at the door this morning, mate. Yep. Queuing up at. I the need door. some red tape out there, red carpet, roll it out. You know, get it all out there. Certainly was well, like whilst uh, we were out there with the with the paintbrush and. Prepping ourselves for right, the, there was for a paintbrush the Yeah, there was a paintbrush upstairs. There you go. As always, we'll start things off with uh, sport and its history in the world today. Um, Nathan, you love a few random uh, few random quotes. What you got for us? Yes, I'm going to go back to 1972. And uh, a, a sport that I... I I wouldn't say that I'm into it, but I certainly watch it. Slalom canoeing was introduced at the Munich Olympics uh, with East Germany winning all four events. You've done a little bit of uh, 
canoeing or kayaking? Last time I was in a canoe was on a pre-season uh, stage. And part of after our training program, we got a bus up to... Dekirch around that area? Eshtenach. Eshtenach. And we hired a load of kayaks, two-man kayaks. You basically rock up, get your life jacket. There wasn't much of a, a safety briefing, shall we say. And then uh, we had a 14-kilometre journey down the... Uh, down the river. At least you had your uh, your life jackets on. Yeah, you know, uh, safety. Did you, did you put the weight up the front? Any uh, 24 oh, packs? Uh, it wasn't, wasn't really packs. that sort of, it wasn't really that sort of, uh, what do you call it, rapid. It wasn't sort of that uh, it, difficulty, it, it, you know. It wasn't a stag it's more, party. more just swinging along. Well, it turned into a bit of a stag do because boys were pulling into the petrol station to get um, a few uh, beverages and then, uh, yeah, you just... Uh, Hammer on down the river. A few canoes getting sunk. Stefan Sharp lost his big JBL speaker. That was dropped. That's still still pumping at the bottom of the river. And then, yeah, you just get to the end point, which is under the bridge. You drop your canoes off, and then yeah, get the bus home. You're wearing a skirt with your with with your canoe. You like a like a oh to keep, keep the water out. The water out. No, absolutely no. not. Because it really is a canoe. Yeah. You know, like a two-man. You're talking about the kayaks. I've you know what they do all the, the rolls, exactly. helmets going off waterfalls. They got here, slalom I don't canoeing. think there are. I don't think there are any waterfalls in Luxembourg, are there? Slalom canoeing, obviously. Yeah. That's the I, one where you, but, yeah, you go up up against the current, don't you, and round all the posts and stuff posts. like that. They're good, they're, anyway, they're great to watch. I enjoy watching them. This day in 1979, cricketer Ian Botham, he passed a 1,000 runs and 100 wickets and tests in his 21st match for England. So that's pretty good going. 21 matches. You've been in your past 1,000 runs, 100, uh, 100 wickets and tests, fair, fair dinkum. No, this day in 1987, Carl Lewis, he won uh, gold in the 100 metres after Ben Johnson was disqualified. Now, we've talked about that many times. In fact, even on Sunday's show, we talked about it. And here it is. It happened on this day. Ben, ben Johnson and his uh, his protein shakes, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Carl Lewis, what was his, uh, well, uh, 100, 100 metres and, uh, and, and the long jump, wasn't it? That's where he... Uh, where he did well. T- moving 10 years on, this day in 1997, you, you remember uh, Greg Rudetsky? Rudetsky? Rudetsky. Canadian. Canadian-British, Canadian wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. He commentates on BBC, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he yeah. was the first to serve 141 miles uh, per hour, which is, uh, in, in, in European terms, that's 227 kilometres per hour. So that's um, quick. I mean, you know, recently we were we were. F- you know, facing about 127 kilometres per hour. And that was... Uh, no, no, 100, 100 kilometres, 100 miles per hour we were facing. Were we? Was, we he, was he talking miles, was he? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he wasn't that... Well, it's pretty, it's pretty quick. Mike. You know, that's pretty still, quick. that's, what, 25, 25 years ago now, isn't it? So Yeah. And I've got a double header here on Andy Roddick. In 2012, Andy Roddick, he announced that he will retire, um, and that was following the US Open. Um, and yeah, actually, when I come on to the next phase, it's a big happy birthday to Andy Roddick today, who's 41 years out of um, age, and he was born. Not a chance, Andy Roddick, only 41. Yeah, 41 years of age, Austin, Texas. He's a retired young, didn't he? Well, we, yeah, well, what, uh, 2012, yeah, 2012, so 10 years, so he retired in early 30s. <laughs> I'd have to go and do a little bit of research on that. Um, and check, check those stats. Mate, there's no uh, hiding away from it today. There was a, quite a lot of rugger on um, this weekend. weekend. How do you want to do this? Do you want to get stuck into how England went at the weekend first, or do we want to get stuck into how New Zealand went? At the well, weekend? I really think we should talk in days. We should start on um, the South Africa, New Zealand. Uh, we can't really call it a test, can we? We'll call it a friendly. I wonder if it goes down as a test. I guess it does. Of course does. it does. Of course it does. It does. 
Yep, absolutely. Um, I think I think nobody saw um, South Africa giving uh, the uh, well. New Zealanders always, a big, a big they're always going to give the 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 All Blacks a run for their money. They always have. They always will. They yeah. And 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 the next matches as well. They certainly will be. But I think um, the limelight was on New Zealand a little bit, but in particular to the um, to the team that it named. It named a very heavy team. With a six-one split, meaning that there was six, seven, seven was ones, it, was seven, seven one, one was yeah. it? So much means. What, what's seven your What's your position on that? Because I was listening to this clown. Well, you know what my position is going to be. A guy called Matt Williams, who is an Australian, ex-Australian, mm-hmm. coach Scotland, coach Leinster as well, um, and he's. Yeah, he seems to be doing a lot of punditry and stuff, and he's really gone at them, saying it's, it's at the All Blacks. Uh, no, no, at, at South Africa about this six-one. Uh, uh, sorry, this seven-one split with them on the bench. Well, that's South Africa. Quite commonly do do that, don't they? Though I mean, and uh, I'm not sure France. What it, France do it as well. The heavy man, uh, I think it's is it Macalou, guy who plays for Stade Francais, big back rower, but he's gas. So they'll you know they can play him in the back row. Right. They can that, stick that, him on the that, wing that as well. Put him out on the wing as yeah. well. Well, I think, I mean I think it's uh, not not a bad option. I think at the moment it's 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 paying off. You bring in that you bring in more more power, and yeah. if you bring these guys on with let's say 20 minutes to go, 30 minutes to go, you're really reinforcing your stocks. However, I, and and New Zealand, I think for the first time did that. So I think we were, um, I think we were expecting uh, probably better things from New Zealand with that split by bringing on more more heavyweight, but clearly it didn't it it, it didn't work. However, I don't think it was the system that didn't work. I think it was the the, the fact that uh, we were under the cosh for twenty minutes and and we lost un- unfortunately we we lost Scott Barrett in the in the in, in the locks. Um, and then I, and again, I disagree with what the reason why I got why I got sent off. He shouldn't have got sent off, um, in in my opinion. But other people will uh, will beg to differ. Sent what? What do you mean he shouldn't have got sent off? Well, he got he he they, he got penalised, and it was more or less a team penalty because yeah. there was a number of infringements, and that was that was uh, fair. And at the at the time, he was at the wrong end of a ruck and got and got penalised. So Consequently, card, got so, sent off. So that no, was his first yellow card. No complaints about that but one. The second uh, the second red card when he came into uh, into what you could uh, the the, the the breakdown, he came to clear a breakdown up, and um, the referee and the, uh, the TMO deemed that he had made uh, contact to the head, which is in fact he had made contact to the head, but in, in fact it was after that he had already hit his hit his elbow leading in. So it begs the question: How do these guys? Um, You're telling me he shouldn't have been sent off for the weekend. On the second occasion, I'm telling you, no, he shouldn't have been. Well, he, well, he should have been. It was a yellow card, wasn't it? So I, I don't think it was an offence at all. How how would he? Co- how else do you go in and, and, and clear the breakdown? You don't go in at all. Well, you you leave him alone. He's off. If he's off his feet, he's not part of the breakdown. So he should have just left him. He, 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 he was part of the. Um, Malcolm Marks was part of the breakdown. Nah, he was. No, nah, so Malcolm- you've got to you got to clear that weight off. What do you do? Just not 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 touch. I think if you. I think I if think you watch, we're going to get a little bit. And I think we're going to be. He, he's certainly coming with with. I wouldn't say an excessive amount of force, but he but he hasn't. One, we all would agree that's not um, intentional, and and two, I think that he's had his had his uh, he made contact with his elbow fir- uh, with his elbow first. So I don't think that, yeah. And are we going to see a World Cup like like this? Yeah, of course and, we are. And, but and I just want to get. I just want to get a match. I don't want to get. I don't get hung up this the whole time, but. It is it, your your terminology is not right. Sent off, sent off is red carded. If you get yellow carded, that's a sin bin. To me, if you say somebody gets sent off, that's a red card. Okay, so because he had infringed earlier, earlier, yeah, and then with the second 
yellow card, yeah. let's say. Therefore, they was therefore he was it was red carded. Yeah, and I think that made an impact on the on the match. Of course, it did. But I think I I think he should have been red carded for the second one. You, you know, I, it could have been anybody the first one, but the reality is. He wouldn't have got sent off if he hadn't been yellow carded. He would have got a yellow card for it, wouldn't he? So it's two yellow cards. It is a yeah. red card. That's that's the way it is. Interesting stat for you. Did you know that the Barrett family are responsible for 33% of all of the red cards that the All Blacks have ever received in their 118-year history? Well, first of all, there's not a lot of red cards. No, there aren't. There there aren't. And, and the number of them, I would be surprised to know. I think Geordie uh, um, and Bodie have only got like one each, and Scott's got like about four. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah Scott the other, the other has, interesting doesn't one. have the best track record, I must, I, I must admit that. However, uh, we certainly, well, the All Blacks certainly need him for the Rugby World Cup because, um, one, we're, we're, we, didn't, we didn't pick... Um, uh, you know, a, a enough locks in my opinion. But um, if someone gets, if he gets injured or if he was to get Red Carter, we could have been in a bit of bit of trouble. Um, but he's um, yeah, just just following on from that. So the Barretts have thirty three percent of all red cards, sixty six percent of the red cards that the All Blacks have again received in the last one hundred and eighteen years have all come in the last five years. So is that just the way the game's changed? You know, more cameras, more of an impact of of. Is of it the- changing for the positive? I don't, I, mean, I don't think so. Mate, it, 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 well, to, be, to be fair, I don't want to play sour grapes because South Africa were awesome. They were so awesome in the way they played. The pressure they just piled on the All Blacks in the first 20 minutes, forcing them to make penalties was was, was incredible. And then they got um, they got momentum from that. The ball stuck to, to hand, the way they were reading the game. They, they, it, you know, it was a four-dominant uh, game, and then they, it allowed their backs to play as smoothly. And, and the harder New Zealand tried, the worse it got. But the, referee, the refereeing, I thought, was... was 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 appalling, but it often is when you're on the losing side, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. You, you you can't. Sometimes you're just against it, aren't you? And you, you can't get your yeah. tails up. Just bouncing back to that seven-one bench split. The bloke Matt Williams has actually called out World Rugby, saying they need to address this. I mean, it's one of those things where why? Yeah, it's like, like if, if you choose to do that, you know, it's uh, you know, the the day of having guys to you know, as substitutes, you pick people on the bench to finish the game, guys who make an impact. You know, maybe guys who are only gonna be good for 20 minutes but if they're going to impact the game so if you choose to go for that 7-1 split then that's on you if two of your backs get injured tough titty you have to put a forward out in the wing or in the centre you know whatever it might be it's I don't the think the All the Blacks will do if the All Blacks had to come across South Africa at any stage in this World Cup I don't, I don't think that they will they, they will do that but I think they'll go for they'll go for um, uh, light more, you know I think they'll probably look at Damien McKenzie as an option in the, in the backs he's a guy that can actually run around the big guys so I, that's what I in my opinion, I think yeah. that's probably the way they'll go, go go about it. Taking their box on at their own game, that's what the All Blacks tried to do and they clearly came off uh, second best. But we don't just want to talk about that one. Um, which one do you want to talk about next? I guess we'll talk about England against Fiji. How good were Fiji, but how bad were England as well? Real problems there. Real, real problems. Um, I, I actually watched it and I remember chatting to you. I just don't know what they're trying to do in attack. Like, the Johnny May scored that try... But that's just from a missed tackle. That's not good. Why was Johnny May playing? He's not. He's not in the. 30th Anthony thing. Watson has dropped out. He's injured. Oh, now. okay. So, the, so Johnny May's come come into the squad now. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. And then the other one is like that. You know, scoring off a chip. Don't it? I'm going to have a real rant about Australia in a second. When um, to that. Well, it, it, did you watch the free G play? F- France the week before yeah. it was a it was a good, good old game. ding good dong game. game. And, and I think I genuinely believe that 
England went into that game too too easy. I think there's a big question mark over Steve Borthwick and his and his leadership. I, I I don't and personally, so far from what we've seen, it doesn't look like getting rid of Eddie Jones was the best move at given given that time. Um, not that Eddie's done very well with with Australia in the meantime, but still, um, I don't think Steve uh, Borthwick has done or he hasn't done anything so far. Um, and I and he just seems like doesn't he seems like he got a a quiet, a quiet guy as well. He he's not really. Yeah, I don't see the see the the, the leadership there. Yeah. Certainly, from what we see on the tally, and you know, I know bugger all about rugby. So, uh, no, but it's um, it is England's first ever loss to a tier or what is perceived to be a tier two nation. Fiji are now above them in the uh, in the world rankings. Yeah, um, Fiji got Wales in the World Cup, haven't they? They got Wales yeah. in their pool. I tell you what, mate. Well, we're going to get on to that in a minute. But uh, other results, you've got uh, Italy um, thumped. Well, I'll say thumped. Beat Japan fairly convincingly, forty-two twenty-one. Mont- Are you surprised by that? Monte Ioane got a hat trick. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things where when you you these are warm-up matches. So is it a game of getting that? You know, you'd like to think now the game's moved on so much that these teams are um, uh, the, the game's moved on so much that there's so much analysis done. A great example is whenever you go and play the All Blacks, if you go and play them twice, a couple of times away, the time to really catch them on the hop is the first time you play them but then they go and do their analysis and they'll come in and they'll attack you in a certain way and I think you know if they were playing Australia um, South Africa next week I think you see a very very different outcome I mean it's easy to say it doesn't mean everything but you know I'm sure the Kiwis don't like losing to the to the box at any point um but that's a big game. I mean, did everyone come through it with a clean bill of health there? Was anybody injured? No. Uh, well, unfortunately for Tyrell Lomax, he took a nasty like a sprig mark across the top of the across the top of the knee on his on, on his quad. It was pretty deep. Like he didn't he wasn't squirming in pain, but you just saw him holding his knee. And then there was a, there is a little glimpse there where you see shouldn't that be, it was should, uh, shouldn't be lying there. Do you know what I mean? You got to get out of there like the old. Days. Oh, I don't think uh, it could have quite possibly been from his own player. Yeah. I think it was just a, a you know a, a, one of those unfortunate thing so I, I guess that will probably might rule them out for maybe the first game maybe because it is a deep it is a deep cut but I believe they're off on a on a, on a jolly and they, they said we're going to do a training camp in in, in, in Bayern at the moment um, but we all too well know that where the um, where the Adidas factory is so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that's where they are this week before another one for you Ireland Ireland obviously beat Samoa uh, 17-13, bit of a dead rubber game. You know, obviously the Samoans would have gone hard at it, but Ireland were resting a few boys and, yeah, you know. You're still pretty happy with that if you're Samoa, you think? I think so, I think so. I wouldn't read too much into it. It's a hard one because I think if you play, if Ireland played Samoa in the World Cup, they'd go about it differently, wouldn't they? So, Do you believe, do you, or do you believe, do you think that um, that out of all the teams, Ireland have, have kept, the cl- kept their cards close to their chest or best to their chest out of all That's of them? An, it's an impossible question to answer because maybe maybe there's other teams who are doing that, um, you know, but I think Ireland, you know, when they played England a week before, it looked like they didn't get out of second or third gear. You know, it looked like they really didn't get going. It, it looked like they couldn't they couldn't get going because there was very little flow in the game, yeah, was yeah, there? Exactly. there was, and, the, and, you know, sometimes you, only, you can only play... In it's all almost, sports, to the speed that your opposition are attacking. It's not attacking even that. It's, it's what the referee lets you do. You know, you don't let. A, I'd rather just the ref just let them get on it, get on with it. Yeah. Um, is it a high shot? Yeah. Right. It's a penalty. 
right, we'll crack on with it. You have a look at it. You know, if we're going to use this new bunker system, just penalise somebody for it. Does he need to go to the sim bin? Yeah, right, you're gone. Does it need to be read? Yeah, right, you're gone. Just speed up the game. That's what we're there for. We're not there to put it on the big screen and, and let the crowd influence it. You know, make your decision there and then, you know. A, a good well, we good decision. Come back to that very first game. 107 minutes, uh, that game, the all-black Springbok game took to play. Really? And only 33 minutes of, of ball and play. That's the other interesting thing, you know, when you're going to play... So when Japan, if Japan play against South Africa in the World Cup, Japan will keep that ball in play for 38, 40 minutes, you know, which is a lot, big, big, big change. You know, Ireland will try and do that as that, well. And that was Japan's tactic yeah. down in Brighton, wasn't it? Was yeah, yeah, Brighton, yeah, yeah, 2015 when they yeah. beat them. But that's one one thing you'll look at as well, you know. It's the beauty, is it, when you're going to do a bit of a review, it's like, right, they pumped us doing this. What do we need to change, right? So, lads, this is how we're going to play the next time. You know, yeah. if, if it gets to that. Um, other couple of results are Spain got absolutely thumped. 62 points to three. Probably a good thing they're not going to the World Cup um, after that hiding. The big one I want to talk about, Scotland beating Georgia. Georgia obviously beat Wales earlier on uh, this time or earlier on in the year. Um, I think Scotland are a surprise package, you know, but they need to, they're going to have to turn over the box or Ireland. You think Scotland are a surprise package? Well, I just think if, if I was to pick a team that have been going the best in these last three games, you would argue they're one of the form teams. Have they shown the way they're playing, you know? The, yeah, there's no doubt about it. They're playing good rugby Scotland, but I think they're up against the, with, with, with um, Ireland in the box in that pool. And you know what? Someone's got to, someone's not going to make it. Yeah. And I, and I, and I'm guessing it's going to be, unfortunately, Scotland. Yeah. Um, well, interestingly enough, I would love to see Scotland, uh, Scotland, Fiji right now. You know, a team. Two boys, chuck, two boys, chuck boys it really on the pressure. I think, I think Scotland might even probably get the get the better of Fiji if I, yeah, because they are playing that well. But who do you, uh, if you were to pick your your eight to go through? I was having a little think about this earlier on. Who's going to top? You know, if you've got Ireland, Ireland, South Africa, and Scotland, who's topping that group? Ireland, Africa, and Scotland. Well, I South think Africa. I, South, South Africa, Africa. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, oh man, it's fifty-fifty. Really, I really think it is going to be fifty-fifty in France, Ireland versus South Africa. But I'm going to go Ireland. Okay, I've gone Ireland, and then South Africa is the runner-up. Uh, New Zealand's pool. Are they top in the group, or are they going through second? Again, I honestly think it's a fifty-fifty. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm actually going to go New Zealand top, uh, um, France second, Ooh, and the only reason for that is because they don't want to lose two on the run to South Africa and and France and France only because they. But as I say, I think it's a fifty. I think it's a fifty-fifty. It's a, it's and then, and then got, it's Italy and then, and then Italy would be third. Yeah, uh, the next group. Fiji, Australia, Wales. Who's top? Sorry, sorry. Who did you go for in that in that pool? Where's in second your... pool. I've gone France to top. New Zealand second. I think New France will turn it on and beat them yeah. in the first game. Yeah, I think they have. I think, Fra- yeah, I think France have to. I think yeah. they have to. Um, pool, pool three. You've obviously got Fiji, Australia, and Wales. I've got Fiji top in the group. Australia second. Wales going out in the group stages. Yeah, I'm going to have Australia first and Fiji second. Do you think Australia will beat Fiji? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think Australia will beat Fiji. Um, absolutely, we know Steve Hansen's been there um, in, the, in their squad. Actually, if you listen to or watch the breakdown, fabulous uh, show on Monday, I think it was, uh, where Steve Hansen's uh, talking to uh, to the panel there, and he, he gives a you know he 
he, he makes it pretty clear who his heart lies with. He he, he informs New Zealand rugby, or in fact, Fozzie, first of all, he said, listen, do you mind if I, I go? He's a friend of Eddie Jones, been a friend of him for a long time. He's been in a lot of communication throughout both of the coaching careers, even though one was in England, one was in Australia. And he said, this was the third time he asked him, and he said, look, I'll go down and have a look. He said, I can tell you one thing, though, Eddie, I'm not putting on a Wallabies jumper or a jacket or anything like that. I'm sitting there, I'm actually as a consultant. Yeah. But he, he also uh, raised a smile, and he said, listen, do you think you know, we're watching these games with France and being with the Wallows, do you not think that I'm going to be feeding the information to Fozzie? So, of course, he's a he's an all-black through and through or an all-black coach through and through, and he's going to be supporting the, the, the all-blacks. But a very, very uh, interesting um, understanding their leadership group, understanding what the dynamics were, and there's not a lot different to Australia than anyone else. They're trying. They are in a better part of the draw, let's say. But I, I definitely think they're better than better than Fiji. And I think we're gonna see that in the World Cup. I think we're gonna have Australia first, Fiji second and Wales going out. And, and I think Wales will go out. Right. Well I we we're, we're both agreeing that Fiji and Australia will go through. Uh and the last one is obviously England's pool um with Argentina. I think Argentina will will top the uh Based on what we've seen, I think we're absolutely right. Argentina will, to, will, will topping uh, will top England, so for, I, I will go for that. But I would think if England were p- playing as England would, I mean, England can be up and down, right? Do you remember 2007 World Cup? Mate, I listened to a great podcast with uh, a guy called Andrew Sheridan. Yeah, who, was, a, who was a, f- a front rower. Yeah, yeah, big, big prop. And he was basically saying it was that bad against South Africa and then... They just like needed to win every game, but if you look at all their thirty six nil, yeah. But you look at all their results um, after that; they're all close games. So some people say, "Oh, you don't want to play too many close games." But he was like, "No, we just you know got on a roll, got into a habit of winning." Then before you know it, you're in a you're in a World Cup final. You know, they found a momentum. Yeah, I I mean, I just can't see. I mean, can I see England beating Argentina? Yes, I can. They have to, but they they have to be playing at the stage with the players they've got. They have to be playing well to play Argentina. Um, who who plays who? So if we if I said uh, it's Argentina, England, and who would be the third in the group there? Um, Samoa, I'm guessing. Uh, Japan. <laughs> Well, there has been. There, there, I mean, there, there, there was chat. Can, can England? Can England get out of their group? And based on what? Based on what we're seeing in the warm-up games, which is how much do we want to read into it? You, you could argue, no, they won't. Well, it's, but it's, then again, Japan just got turned over by uh, by Italy. So, but you know, and you've also got some some are in that group as well. But traditionally, England, you know, come from a very very strong or have a very strong set piece background you know around the scrum and the line out but they've not really shown that I mean the assumption was that this weekend against Fiji they would just turn the screw just tighten it up yeah we'll just go to town on them at set piece and and uh, you know 6-0 9-0 12-3 sort of thing yeah a bit of dog you know well, there's a better word okay, okay, well I just get, get, get a bit of dog but I think just get, also get the get the basis get the get the territory going yeah. I think um, don't underestimate Fiji because they've got a wealth of experience now a lot of their guys are playing in the, in, in the top Top fourteen, and not only not only that, they've also got the, the Drua who are playing in the Super Rugby competition. So their level's gone up, and we saw Argentinian um, Argentina's level go up when they when the Haruares were playing in the Super Rugby as well. So I'm thinking, um, I'm just thinking of that group of Wales, Australia, and Fiji. The other big one in there is Georgia. You know, Georgia will be fancying. We'll definitely fancy Wales again, and you just. 
you know, Georgia aren't going to go after Fiji throwing the ball around. They'll they'll turn the screw at set piece and at the scrum. You know. You know what we can we we have to agree on in this World Cup. We've got three clear teams that we can say are, are these also almost tier one sides. You know, we talk about tier one as the New Zealand, South Africa, France, Ireland, and then we go. But there's not. There's it's a it's a bigger group than it's a bigger group than that because we we put <laughs> England, who are eighth in the world, as a tier one side. So there's there's nine nine decent decent rugby teams. Well, Georgia being Georgia being well, one of them, I think. I think it's there's, even you know, even you would argue, you know, New Zealand, France. Italy, you know, you wouldn't have said Italy, but Italy turned over Japan. You're going to pick Japan in those nine as well. You've got South Africa, Ireland, Scotland. you then got Wales, Australia, Fiji. Um, and then you've got, you know, England, Japan, and you've got Argentina as well. You've maybe got Samoa into that. So I would say it's even more than that. I say you've got 12 sort of knocking on the door to, to try and get into that eight, which makes it for a, you know, hell of a World Cup, which is uh, obviously what we're looking for. But we don't just want to talk about rugby, or we can just talk about rugby oh, if you want love to. Uh, Love. I did, but I, no, I want to stay on rugby for a, a, a little bit because I did see something um, earlier in the day, and it says rank the ten most. And I'm going to go see if you what what you think. I'll just get your opinion. It was can you rank the ten um, top moments in rugby World Cup history for you? Well, number one will be JW. I think. You know the uh, the drop goal uh, of the. Inf- it's probably yeah okay probably a personal thing yeah yeah infamous yeah. one would be Nelson Mandela and the Francois Pinard you know in ninety five yeah, absolutely so I would put, I would put uh, it's got to be two thousand eleven the Kiwis lifting the World Cup you know with all the uh, you know having not lifted with, with, it with, well you mean leaving Eden Park with brown seats yeah <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a brilliant a brilliant another brilliant podcast with Beaver. Beaver Donald talking about his experience and stuff like that. And Let's mate, see if we get him in the show. I think yeah. so during the World Cup we're going to try and make an effort to get Be- uh, Beaver in the, in, the, in the studio. I believe he's floating around. I believe he's floating around Europe. So we're hopefully we can uh, see if we can get him in. I think that'll be a bit of a bit of a bit of a treat for us, wouldn't it? We, we haven't had a we haven't had a former All Black in uh, in, in, in with us, or certainly I'd be queuing up outside. Well, we, we, we've had Big Will Skelton. He was one of the early ones. Well, pre pre Today Radio, one of our earlier podcasts. Yeah, Will Skelton. Who else do we have? Uh, uh, Kane Douglas as well. Kane Douglas as well. So we, we, it's about time we got someone. I'll, I'll see what work I can do. And I think Beaver McDonald is floating around in, in in France, obviously for the for the World Cup. Um, so we'll see what we can. We'll see what we can do. Interesting to hear because he copped a lot of flack, obviously in the in the lead up to that tournament. You know, he got mate. He wasn't playing. Listen, he wasn't playing good footy, and yeah. he didn't deserve to be in the in the All Black side. The fourth number ten. Fair crack, you know, he'd take off his long Wellington to come out of Fair Dinkum. Fair Dinkum. Fair Dinkum, you know. Um, um, what about um, Jeremy Lomu, mate, when he ran R- over Mike, Mike Cat. Cat? Yeah, that has to be in there, doesn't Animal. it? Animal. Mate, Brian Habana. Actually, um, it's uh, Zian Gwenya. Yeah, USA winger in 2007 when oh, he goes in and out with Tabana. particular moment. That was, oof, that was impressive to watch. I'm going to go back to the first Rugby World Cup. And he's going to talk about Jeff Wilson. John Kerwin, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, but it was against Italy, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean you've got to turn it on at the big? You want oh, you've got to turn mate, it on. But the big it was stage. the length of the field. I mean, how many? It's people like you know, people are saying 2003 Sterling Mortlock on the interception, not the. Uh, yes, true, true. But that, I mean, I think that 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 set the Rugby World Cup. Well, I think also if you want to talk about moments, you talk about Mark Cueto's try that wasn't you know 2007 World Cup for uh, you know World Cup final. That was the. You know, that's fairly ridiculous to think that England had had such a fall from grace after winning the tournament, get pumped in the first game, make the final, and, you know... And it was down that, there was that, that, that 
try, not try on the on the. Well, it wasn't. On the, on it the, wasn't a try. It wasn't given the, at the end of the day, you know. But what about um, what what about move along uh, Stransky when he when he when he basically kicks out? I mean, that's victory? that's sort of before my before my time, isn't it? But yeah, obviously all those drop goals and stuff, you know. Mm. Um, and talk about talk about a drop goal. There was also Zinzan Brooks forty five meter drop goal. <laughs> Yeah, just go rogue. Can you imagine if number eight, imagine if someone like Billy Vinopolo or Kieran Reid run around having a go at that. But that's there's no difference, mate. There's no difference if he, if he, if he had a go. As soon as he lines up, you go, you idiot. But yeah. he, he went and he, he went and he went and nailed it. Um, I think the other 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 classic one that's in there is uh, four more years, boys. Four more years. Oh, George Gregan. George Gregan. Yeah, he gave he gave the All Blacks a bit of bit of bit of stick. He what knew goes how much around it, comes around, mate. Do you know yeah, what well, I mean? certainly. Look out! <laughs> it's certainly been more than four years for the uh, for the Wallabies. That's for absolutely. Sure. Um, I think um, that one. Oh, I don't want to Kiwi hammer the Kiwis all the day, but when they got beat by when France were, when we uh, when we wore bloody grey. Yeah, we wore grey. You know why that was? It was a there was a Nike v advert, uh, Nike v Adidas thing, wasn't it? And so they. The French team really made sure that they had a darker colour, which we wouldn't normally when New Zealand and France play one where one's white, one's black. Oh, very interesting to see who's going to be wearing uh, wearing the away kit in the World Cup. What would, what would New Zealand's away kit be? They're playing the white. Playing the France would be the white. home team. So France. Well, we certainly won't France be playing be in the grey. France would be expected to play in the alternate strip, isn't it? Because it's different to football. I don't know, isn't it? I if really there's a clash of colours, normally the home team. Normally, the home team would. Well, that's right because, because in that year, two thousand and seven, that match was not played in France. It Principality, was in, uh, oh, exactly, Cardiff, Millennium Stadium, yeah. Where New Zealand were the. All, that's where, a weird one, isn't it? Some strong. sort of, some sort of agreement. Oh yeah, we'll let you play one of the quarterfinals in the Millennium Stadium. I tell you, that's not happening now. There'll be all those matches this time around. Will be played in France, won't they? Yeah, that's right. I wonder why they to get a vote. Yeah, I suppose you scratch my. It's like the Eurovision Song Contest, isn't it? <laughs> and then I and, and then I think the other other one obviously is the last time, which would be um, obviously Khaleesi lifting the Rugby World Cup, the first black man to 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 lift the World Cup with his. Uh, and and oh boy, I rate him. Yeah. I rate him. The guy is a is for me. He's, he's an absolute beast. You see, he's done it. Did his ACL. He recovered. It, he recovered. 110 days. Yeah. From having been operated on and being back playing international rugby is absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal. I think he's out having that. Uh, he's been out in Fiji having the uh, <laughs> what was eating uh, the special fruits? I'm trying to think of the the, the All Black <laughs> that did that. Remember, there was an All Black. Uh, not, who talk- was it Rupen? No, not Rupeni. Uh, Naholo, Vasaki Naholo. Well, Vasaki, what's he doing now? Who's he playing for? He must be near on. He must be near on retired. <clears throat> it's pretty savage, mate. You don't see many wingers in the All Blacks getting. You know, you don't see him getting hundred caps, do you, in the backs? Because there's always some young gun who's going to come up and it, up and yeah, run it. You think about Julian Surveyor was like hot property at one stage, and now still he, he did his stint in Toulon. He looked like he put on a lot of weight. He's back playing with the Hurricanes, isn't he? Yeah, back playing for Wellington. That, that's right. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, we've got Mark Talia right now. I mean, who was Mark Talia <laughs> twenty four months ago? You know, um, he's he's in the uh, he's the Blues, is he? Canary Blues. Oh, I'm actually not sure. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. But he he was actually one of the standouts for me in the in, in the game. He was a, a, in terms of looking for work. He actually left uh, Will Jordan for for dead on um, on Friday night. So and and Will Jordan, you know, is is, is a class act. Hasn't been around a, a, a long time. Was that your? Was that the All Blacks team that you'd have coming back to it again? But would you have picked that team to? Play? Yeah, I would have picked. I would have picked that team. I just I. 
well, when I, when I saw that they were going with that seven one split, I was you know thought, oh, this is good. We're they're going to really like take them on at their own game, and they so who did they go if if Barrett was off? Who did they go with in the row? If who is who is his partner in the back? That's Sam Whitelock. He's only coming back from injury, isn't he? Yeah, that's uh, that's right. So um, who did they get bring in? Uh, they actually bought Josh Lord, who's not in. They've taken a couple of players, Josh Lord and um, another guy who played really outstanding in the last game against the the uh, Wallabies, but in Dunedin, but didn't he? he didn't get selected, unfortunately. Surely but, you have yeah. to go Brody, so, Brody Ritalik yeah, and Sam he, Whitelock. Yes, but Brody's injured. Oh, when's he? When's so he? I'm just trying back? to think who they who they <clears> brought in, and the, and the only back we had was actually the uh, the, uh, the Hurricanes uh, halfback who scored the try. He scored an belter belter of a try, and I think he will be the. I think he'll be the All Black um, for the number nine after uh, when Aaron Smith retires. Actually, yeah. I think he'll go ahead again ahead of Finley. He's really, uh, really class player. But yeah, I, I think you just have to pick those two monsters. You know, Sam Whitelock and Brody Retallick in the row. You know, I think when you get them fit, I think it's a different, completely different. The other thing, from an All Black and France point of view. We've got, I mean, you've got this power, you know, the two powerhouse going at it on game one. One, it, who who wins, who loses, it doesn't really matter. If New Zealand lose, uh, their ego will be hurt a little bit because you've got, you know, you've, say you've got those two losses in a, in, a, in a row. If France lose, I don't think it'll still m- matter that much I mean, those, because you're gunning for that ne- that next match is is arguably just as important. However, in saying that, you've still got three other game you've got three other games to play. Uh, well, who are they? It- Italy, Uruguay, Namibia. Uruguay. I would argue that that is the least competitive pool. Because there's only, for me, there's just two two outstanding two outstanding teams. I don't, and we and we probably agree that Italy yeah. don't have a don't have a chance in that. I mean, the only problem you've got is if New Zealand, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you're who 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 you where you finish in the group. You finish first or second. You're going to be playing the box, or you're going to be playing Ireland. What do you mean you're going to throw it? You, you throw it. But I think what New Zealand have learned is that they go they won't go with a seven one. But particularly against the spot, uh, but particularly against the the, the spring box, yeah. they'll 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 try and use it. You know, you, as I said, I we can't worry. You know, wh- at what point do you start worrying about the opposition? Worrying about what they're gonna what they're gonna pick on the I bench? Would, I would know? go as far to say as when is, when has New Zealand ever ever worried about? Uh, we we worry about with we the All Blacks have only ever worried about themselves. I think in training they don't. Sometimes they wouldn't even know half the players who are playing in the. Yeah. French, they wouldn't be able to name all the. I'm, I'm no, certain they I, wouldn't be able to name. No, the, I, I think maybe, I think I, I think there was a big there was a big um, there was a big thing made about that a couple of years ago when England were playing in New Zealand and Brodie Retallick was being interviewed and he got Courtney Laws. Courtney Laws. Now, is there someone in New Zealand that has a second name Laws? And it was he basically gave the wrong name and he said, oh, "You you guys just." You know, I've, I've said his name wrong. I know exa- he, he was like, I know exactly who he is, and I know exactly how good he is. You know, it's. I think it's. Mate, anybody says I don't care about the opposition. I think that's rubbish. I think you have to. I mean, you have to do your research. You have oh, to certainly do your, with. The, I think certainly with the big, I, the the big names. You know, those standard names and Courtney Laws is one. Or, or you, you one tell of them, it, but it, I but I don't think that. I mean, who do I know? I'm not in the camp, so. But I don't you, know, you're but. telling me when France don't go, uh, um, you know, when France play against each other uh, France play New Zealand you'll probably have Gregory Aldrich the number 8 who's you know, probably the form one of the form number 8s in the world yep. and then you're going to have Charles Olivion who's a Toulon captain who's a class player as well who'll be going 
he'll be going head to head with Sam Kane in Lavardi Surveyor I at number eight right as well. Now you, 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 you know, you would certainly have your I mean, James Kent will be the best one to say. You'd have the analysis out there, just watching what these t- teams have been doing, getting getting that information of how yeah. they play. But whether the, the individuals themselves having the, do, you know, how much are they doing really? The no, I think I think you're mean? wrong, mate. I think I think yeah. I, I think you see opposition doing the work on on these players. You know, whether it be at line out time, what they do at scrum time, where they pop up in the middle of the park, and you know, because it's something else to add to your armour. You know, if you're aware of it when you're playing in the game, you can watch for these these watch sorts of things, things and stuff like what that. Happened you know? in, the, in the in the women's rugby world cup when um, the Black Ferns got that line out. And it was the All Blacks lock that uh, out of nowhere stole the stole the ball off what was going to be. Oh, they do their homework. Drive. They do their homework, but it's being able to to recall that information, isn't it? When you're uh, you know when you're under the cosh. Um, with um, obviously, we're not just going to talk about the old uh, <laughs> the old um, the old rugby. Uh, this is an interesting one. So the uh, tennis, the ATP have come uh, come out and said basically top two fifty players. In the world, will get um, a minimum wage. Well, this is good. I think they're, what they're trying to do is they're looking after. And I think I, I believe squash is looking at, at some well, of this as well. Just, just to, to jump in here, depth, if you if you are playing squash, yeah. if you don't place the top eight or top sixteen or whatever, you don't get money. Is that right? No, you get no. You, you still get you still get money, but you're not getting you're not getting that much. Well, how much are you like? You know, if you're a squash player, if you're a squash pro, right, and you're not making it to the and business if you, if and a tournament, winning, if you're winning a, a, a squash tournament, <laughs> a, a big one, max, you're probably winning twenty or 30, 30 grand. Yes, yeah, so that's max. what that's, that's the point I'm trying to get at here. Is if you're if you're playing squash or you're playing tennis and you're not getting to the, you know, the main knockout of of uh, tournaments you know the first round second round or you know the business end of it how much money do you actually get you know if you're getting knocked out before the tournament starts do you, do you get any money Mate, emily whitlock uh i can f- try and find out what what ranking she is you're fast on the keyboard there right emily whitlock england england squash now la- i think it's the last two years she's been writing a, a gyre or, an, or a notepad um of her of her results and she's been getting knocked out I don't know something like first or second second round third round in some of these tournaments and she's been losing money it costs it costs her to go to these these events and we've also watched the golf of um the uh what was the golf um Netflix full swing, docu- full, docu- swing. Full, full swing and some of those guys they weren't they weren't able to cover their expenses don't get me wrong they're also flying in private jets to get <laughs> to get across but in this case okay we we, we appreciate you're not going to earn as much money in squash and they're probably on an on, on a on a Ryanair flight to, you know budgeting their way but that they're, they're, they're losing money and they're getting to first or second second round but that but that's what I'm getting at is like so surely if you're if you're as horrible you know or as cold as it Oh, excuse me, as it sounds, if you're not good enough, then you need to find something else to do. Because why? I, I don't. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't a, agree with that minimum wage. That, that's a detriment to the to the game. These 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 young players. They want to play. They want to play the game. And I wouldn't say necessarily they want to play the game professionally to make money. I mean, we've got to look at the number of athletes that we've had, had in here. They're not playing the sport to make money. They're playing. They're playing the sport because they genuinely enjoy it. Yeah. If they make a few bob on the side, they can call them. They'd never really be professional, professional because they've got to coach and they've got to do other things along the side. Fortunately for squash, and I think other sports are the same, you can play league. So that means, let's say, you're living in the UK and or you live in Luxembourg, and um, um, I mean, I did it myself. And 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 you go and you go and play for a team in Bel in, in in the Dutch league. I don't know. I mean, 
you know, go and play for um, Hoofdorp or Mere Squash, and you might get a th- uh, Hoofdorp. Uh, Hoofdorp. What's there. their logo? Oh, I don't know, but the next, this next big is horseshoe or something like that. <laughs> You'd love so I don't know why I said that. You should have. But they go and play for a team, and, they, and let's just say they get um, I, I, I don't know six hundred bucks plus their travel and food and accommodation for the weekend. But the weekend after they go and play in the Italian league, and they get they get the same. Maybe they get eight hundred, a thousand, whatever they whatever they get. Plus they get their sponsors as well. That's where the money's to be. That's where not the money's to be made because it's not big money at all. But that's how these these pros make their money. Yeah. Um, and but, then obviously they have sponsors. But when actually playing on the in this case, the WT, uh, the WTA or PSA in squash, they're not able to make money. So I think by what they're doing with this baseline, it was a three-year trial. What the uh, ATP are doing, which guarantees a minimum wage for the first time in a game-changing initiative, um, they are basically going to cover any shortfalls of the top 250 ranked singles should their earnings fall below a certain threshold. Um, and I just think it's going to mean that more players are going to stay in the game for a longer period of time. And if they stay in the game for a longer period of time, I know for myself that I bailed out at 24 years old or 22, 23 years old because like, I'm not going to make it. But yeah. what happens if I did give it another eight years? Who, who knows how good I would, have, I would have got or I wouldn't have got. So I think the idea of it, I think, is, a, is, is, is good. Um, is, it not, is it not being too accommodating to try and keep you're you're essentially saying to you like someone like me okay yep i've broken into the top you know 250 in the world yeah uh, and i'm getting paid but i'm not actually winning you know so i can be yes i'm a professional tennis player i can play for this number of years but then at what point do you you know as as you said there's a difference between taking on somebody else in a career change at the age of 23 24 as opposed to taking someone on who's 33 or 34 and has been a, you know, a professional tennis player for younger. And, and you know yourself, you see s- that in professional sport where people are dropping out at a younger age because ultimately, you know, um, if you're not making enough cheddar from a young age, it's like, yes, I could keep doing this, but ultimately you've got to put, got to put cheese on the table, haven't you? No, you do have to put <laughs> cheese on the table. You're quite right. But um, a, a lot of these the, these players will be, will be making cash. Now, there'll be other players, like, I don't know, you look at my situation at 24, I go, well, hold on a minute. I'm not really going to lose money, so I, I, it's something it, that might be the best I ever get to is that level. And there'll be, but there'll be thousands more tennis players just trying to get to that level, which means the whole level, the global picture of tennis, I think will will improve um, because because of this. But again, if it doesn't work, it's a three year it's, it's a three year trial, and I'm sure that they will they will uh, evolve with the. Um, I mean, do you with, think with you'll see other see other uh, sports taking taking note of this? In my opinion, yes, they will. I, be, I, I think squash is, is is looking at something <laughs> similar to this as as, as well. I, I understand. <laughs> I you know I clearly understand what you're what you're saying there, but I think ultimately, ultimately how, how good is your how good is your sport? Your sport is when you've got more when 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 it becomes when tennis becomes or squash becomes or badminton becomes the biggest sport in the in the world in playing numbers. That's how good your sport is. Not because you've only got one team like I don't know the All Blacks or or, or just dominant by. But in case of in case of tennis, you've got like four players that have been dominant for for how long? Maybe there might have been someone in there that that decided to quit early. Because there wasn't because there wasn't a structure like the baseline program. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe not. We don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's we could, we could go on about this for hours. But personally, I just think that ultimately the people who are at the top of the game, you know, be it in American football, baseball, I don't want to use American sports, you know, rugby, 
they've uh, 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 tennis even or squash they've had to struggle to sort of you know as you say get get past that level you know Nick Kyrgios is a prime example like mm-hmm. he's a bit different he's got that personality which is you know he's obviously cashed into that, yeah. yeah absolutely but you know the stories about him driving around his camper van to drive to tournaments and stuff like that that's all part of the grounds here doesn't it and you know well I need to go well at this tournament why because I can't pay for a hotel at the next tournament, if I can do uh, that. You want to, yeah, I mean, I mean, they've got here the initiation, uh, the initiative is going to cover the expensive coaches, physios, travel expenses, right? But now it's only the top players in squash they can just start to take their not necessarily their coach, but they can take their physio away with them or their or their trainer to some of these to some of these events and. Yeah, I think it's it's good. You talk about you know you from humble beginnings where you have to go around in your caravan. Well, can we? Can I? Can I afford to take more more of a support crew crew with me? Yeah, um, I don't know. I th- I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of it, and I think a fair 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 sorry, fair crack of the sauce bottle to the ATP for 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 giving this um, program a go. I, I I personally think it's a good thing in order to try and ultimately get more people to play tennis because they'll be just trying to get that. Or what is it? Like I said the thresholds are set at three hundred thousand for the top one hundred, a hundred and fifty thousand for those ranked one, or a hundred and one to one seventy five. It's not a lot of money, really, when you think of it. They're only right. they're only making a hundred and fifty thousand, but in, in, if you rank between one hundred five and one seventy five, and seventy five thousand between those that are one seventy six and two fifty. So it's not a great deal of money. Is that the the question that I have? Is that amount just for what they earn on the ATP, or is it for what they play? Because Bundesliga, for example, they pay good. They pay good cash. I don't. I don't well, know. I don't know. I don't, I'd imagine you're not going to juggle between the two. They look at your earnings and be like, if it needs topping up to a certain extent, then that's then that's what they'll do. I mean, the closest thing you probably compare it to is golf. Um, would you do something like that in golf? No, nah, probably not, because. Well, they were talking with them, but wasn't there some noise a few weeks ago about that when they're looking at making. Um, Helping out some of the younger ones on the tour. I, I, I but again, so, I, I, I so echo, I echo what vast, I said earlier. It's so, it's, it's so vast what you say because we, we talked about this. You know, they, they, these guys that weren't making the cut, but they, but they can't. They, they lose money on that trip. Well, they lose money because they've taken their private, private jet. They wouldn't have lost money. Is they ain't worrying about the carbon footprint there, are they? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, this is uh, you put in here another little one about yeah the match fees for men's and. And women's uh, cricket is now the same by the ECB. Yeah, what's your what's your take on that? Equal, equal pay. I think it's all. Well, mate, to be honest, a big one that springs to my mind when we talk about this is the. Have you seen the Nike the Nike thing about the jerseys, the goalkeeper jerseys, or the goalkeeper? Well, shirts? yeah, I made my opinion pretty clear several several shows ago. And now and, and, Nike are laughing because now they've gone and made X number of things, which they are all going to sell off the back of this, so they're going to make even more money. So Nike are laughing. Why, why? For what have they done? They've made. They've uh, yeah, made they've shares. made. But I don't know if they've made half a million of them or whatever. However many they've made, they'll all be sold in no problem at all. More, you know, is it? Is it really uh, as horrible as it sounds? Are they actually supporters, or are they trying to, you know, make the uh, make the point? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Are they? Are they protesting? I'm not sure what the word is. Are they? But, but that's an interesting one. With uh, we, we've talked about it before about the the, you know, don't get me wrong, the whole equal pay and stuff like that. But I don't think it's a. Uh, I don't think you can compare it, can you? No, I don't, well, I, for me, it's just about you know what what does the what, what does the product what does the product bring in? You know, ultimately, if you come to me and and you want to sponsor something, I want to know, you know, what your exposure is, you know, what your you know w- what I get out of it, and you know, are you gonna would you rather 
pref- would you rather sponsor the women's Cup World Cup final or the men's World Cup final? You know, which one are you going to get more? Well, it's going to d- 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 depends on how contact much contact with exactly. It depends on on you know how many how many people watch the women's football World Cup. Right, and there was I think it was a broke all time records. They filled all the filled all the stadiums, and how many? I'll tell you, I'll tell you now. And, and then how many? Um, how many people watched the men's World Cup? And I think that there, um, I, I I think that yeah, sums it. Let, let's say sums it all up. You can only, I mean, I'm a big believer. You can only pay for what you you for what you're worth. You know, for what how, how much income you 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 bring in a, on a, in a marketing. Well, show. you know, let's let's try and compare this. So, the women's World Cup final was at at its peak was watched by 12 million people on BBC One, um, and it was also viewed another 3.9 million times on BBC iPlayer, uh, and the overall audience. Um, that watched part of the tournament was 21.2. Now, for the men's World Cup final, yeah, 1.5 billion. For the sorry, sorry, say that again, say that again, sorry for me, I missed that, Scott. 1.5 billion. Says it all. You know, and it, and that's to take away nothing away from you know you know the the achievement and what the the standard that these girl these ladies are ultimately playing but at the end of the day um so how yeah how how can the pay be equal when the commercial revenue tickets media i don't know what do we say all that all, all that income of the two games don't match that's maybe yeah i i, I don't know i just think yeah it, it's it's got it, it it needs to be to be uh let's say a little bit relevant if it was a, a little bit t- different but then at the same time we have to be promoting women's women's sport massively 100%. but if you wanted to make it you know commercial you, well yeah but also could you run the two the two tournaments at the same time you know is that something rugby would consider doing further down the line having the men's and the women's tournament running at there the same is, time there is there's no no harm in that no harm in that is is there but maybe but then would the woman want to have their own let's say their own identity particularly in strong sports like like rugby and like um like cricket and like uh maybe yeah quick i'm not sure what i don't, I don't know the, but then again what, what are the playing numbers what about actually how many how many people play that's all relative women's, isn't women's, it women's, women's cricket not that many not as many as well, so i mean that would be that would probably be the largest disparity, I would say, percentile. I'd say well, I, think be be, I think you'd be surprised because obviously, if I said to you, "What's the, what are the two top two most popular sports in the world?" What are they? Uh, cricket would be the cricket's number two, yeah, number because of that. You know that Indian population that play at one point two billion people. You know, so the women's women's cricket is becoming more and more, more and more popular off the back of that that's an interesting one could you run the two tournaments at the same time you do it with the Olympics don't you you do I, th- I think the big thing to think about is is do, do you have the um, infrastructure in place to run you know to, to run. maybe the the US certainly would there wouldn't be that many countries around that would be able to to host I mean because maybe, they do it maybe they cricket, already do it could. in the in the sevens you know the World Seven Series, yeah, the men's and the women's play together. You know, so you might have. How do they play those tournaments? though? because they're always are they always only using the the main pitch, or are they using? Yep, yep, they're all pitch? on all on one pitch. Yep. We got to remember, you're playing three games on one day. So if you've got how many teams you got in the World Series? It's normally twelve, I think. But it's more than just the 
it's more than just the pitch as well. It's the number of fans that you. That oh you yeah. Get. I mean, I just you look at somewhere like Melbourne, right? So you, you've got you've got the MCG, you've got the AMI Park, uh, AMI Park, which is across that road. Okay, MCG if it's ninety thousand AMI, I think you're probably getting about 50, 40, 50,000 in, in, in that stadium. And then you've got the um, undercover. It used to be called the Etihad. It is now Marvel Stadium, yeah. which is just up the road. So you've got three uh, massive stadiums in the city centre. Okay, so to have a Rugby World Cup or Football World Cup, you could argue, well, you could play the games on at, at you know, you could have a, a, a 12 o'clock, a, a 2 o'clock and a, and, a, and a 4 o'clock sitting for these matches and the, and the fans go, however, there's more than that in the, with the city's infrastructure. Yeah. Like, you know, all these guys go to the bars at the same time. They're all going to be piling up. The accommodation, the, just the general infrastructure, is it, is it really, really possible? Also, you, you, I think back in the day, you'd worry about whether the infrastructure, as you put it, could last... Um you know, could survive two rugby matches or two football matches. But a lot of these pitches now these days are hybrid or 4G. You know, would you rather watch, you know, if you were, it's not really a fair question, but like if you went to watch the All Blacks play South Africa yeah. and the Black Ferns were playing South Africa straight afterwards, you'd stay on for the second one, wouldn't you? You know? Yeah, it's for the for the double for the double, for the double, double header, double you know. Header, yeah. But it's a bit it's a bit I think different. They've done, with, they've done that at Eden Park actually before with the, with with two games on at the you know. One, it's, it's a bit different with rugby though because it's quite a long it's a longer game whereas seven hundred and seven minutes at Twickenham. Yeah, you know it. You know it plus <laughs> half time uh, the oranges, but you know you get um you know when you talk about seven sevens is it's fifteen minutes of chaos, little breather. Somebody else is coming on to have a go. You it's know, entertainment, at its isn't point. it? It's isn't it? It's a good it's a good day out. But but that, I mean, guess what? So is a game of cricket. You know, a, a one day is a brilliant day out sitting on the terrace. But could you could you see something where you could get these T ten? I don't know if you could do T5. I think T10 yeah, has a bit more in it. Sunday show, you see here Adam's uh, view of T10. He had, jeez, uh, he didn't blink an eyelid at it. He wasn't uh, wasn't impressed. A traditionalist, is he? He's oh, a five-dayer. In fact, he doesn't even tolerate one day. As he, he goes to own, own only a five-dayer. He loves uh, a five-day draw, you know what I mean? Five-day draw. Um, Pete, we've, we've, uh, we're not going to get into that story that you've... Uh, we'll save that for... Um... We, we won't be able to save it for this Sunday because this Sunday we have a uh, we have a pre-record with... Um, we're doing a pre-record with... Oh, with Alex. Uh, we, we, yeah, football coach from yeah. Uh, the UK. He's working Evan Galak- in Oxford. So yeah. How do you say it? Evan Galakakis. Evan Galakakis. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that. We'll, we'll certainly That's be, a good... If, certainly we always said if you played Scrabble. Sunday. If you played Scrabble, that would be a good name to have, wouldn't it? Because um, you, you could just tag on all the time, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So with all the Greek names, you could just tag on the IS on the end or... <laughs> A carcass on the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you're talking about a beer, you know, just say brewski after any name. And you're all good. Um, as always, you can uh, listen into the rest of the team from tomorrow. You've got the Sam Steen Show from 6am. You've then got Stephen Steps Low with the Lunchbox and then Melissa Tolton with the Home Stretch. Don't forget Dave Burroughs and the DB3 sessions. And then also you've got Sarah Tapp with The Hangover. Until then, it's Chur. Chur.
Let's Talk Sport with RTL Today Radio.